0: Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to The Heart Strong, a podcast where we explore navigating the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living heartstrong. Hey, it's Jess and welcome to the Heartstrong Podcast. Today is episode 50 of the podcast and I'm really excited about that. It's been a personal goal of mine to reach 50 episodes. And so here I am today and it feels like a great place to finish off this fourth season and we'll pick the podcast back up in mid September um, with some new episodes. And so I just want to thank you for being part of this journey of mine, um, for being part of the Heartstrong Podcast. And one thing I've learned is that podcasting is a lot of work and, it, and it's hard work. Um, there's a lot of pieces and parts to it, but that I love it. I love this medium and I want to keep getting better at it. And that I am super passionate about spreading the heartstrong message. I want people everywhere to live heartstrong, to grow through the challenges in their lives, to feel that they have the capacity, the grit, um, the ability to reach their full potential, whatever that looks like for them um, in in and through what they're going through, because we all go through hard things. But I really believe that the hard things in our life are like a birthplace of us finding out who we are and what we're here to do. So I want to thank you for listening and for for being part of the podcast. And so today for this 50th episode, I'm going to talk about comparison. I'm going to explore the idea of comparison. This is an age old human reflex that we all have. And um, I think it's worth exploring. I have an email list, if you didn't know, um, jessicalindberg.com. And every two weeks, I send out a newsletter. I just take a page from my life and talk about something that I'm learning, um, something that I'm learning from other people, maybe something that I'm reading. And I started to share that with other people. And so, if you want to be part of it, you can do that at jessicalindberg.com. But I did ask my email list, I said, What are some things I should talk about? And a couple people came back to me and said, How do you deal with comparison? They wanted me to talk about that. So, today, that's what I'm going to talk about. Maybe it's basic, but I think if we're honest, every one of us, all of you listening, deal with comparison. We all do. And so, today, I'm going to explore what is comparison what are some of the different types of comparison? Um, I'm going to talk about the link between comparison and jealousy. Uh, what perpetuates comparison within us, within our culture? And then what's my answer or antidote to comparison that I use in my life to help me? So the truth is, um, and I like to be super transparent because I think that helps others is that I struggled with comparison a lot, uh, because I've been disappointed in my life a lot. And I've struggled uh, to look at others and not to feel like maybe I'm not measuring up or maybe I should be doing something different or I wish my life looked different. And so I think we've all done that in one way or another. And really comparison is, I think, part of the human condition. And so, you know, where does this idea come from? And and what is it? So there's this thing called the social comparison theory, which was first popularized by a psychologist named Leon Festinger in 1954. And basically it says that there is a primitive drive within individuals to compare, theirs, to compare themselves with others in order to evaluate their abilities. So basically we look at others to see what they're doing, to kind of determine how we're doing, which is pretty normal, I think basic thing for human to do. So basically our brain, it's really a reflex of our brain. It's using comparison to figure out how we measure up. And if you think about it as primitive humans, you could see how this would be helpful. Oh, there they have a you know stone hut and I have a teepee. Well maybe I should think about that. Maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not protecting myself from the elements as much as others. Do you see there's like these basic ideas where you look around and you, you evaluate yourself. Um, And so I, I think that that's, that, that in and of itself is just sort of a functional part of our human, human beings, our brains. You know, like my son, Chase, he really wants to be tall. He loves basketball. So he likes to come up to me and I'm five, four, I'm not tall. And he likes to do back to back and see where he is in his growth spurt. Like he's pretty he's he's almost as tall as me and so he he's using comparison to evaluate where he is but there's two different types of comparison that we all use and so i want to kind of tell you what they are so that you can be aware of them in your own life when you feel the, the you know that jolt of comparison come come in so there's upward comparison. That's like watching someone and saying, "Gosh, they're really good. I want to be like them." So for me in the podcast world, like I really admire Mel Robbins and her podcast. I really admire Rich Roll and his podcast. I think he's an excellent question asker. And so looking at them and saying, "Gosh, I I'm inspired by them. I want to aspire to that because I want to be like that." And so That's sort of the aspiration or the upward part of comparison. That's where comparison can be a positive, frankly. It can help us to spur us to the next thing. But I think it's really important to know, you know, I don't know everything about Mel Robbins' life. I don't know everything that she has going on. Just like, you know, people don't know everything about my life and what I have going on. And so... The danger here is that we fixate to a person, to one point in time of them or one part of them. We don't know everything that they are dealing with. So, you know, I think it's good to aspire to people, but it's also good to temper that with saying, I don't know everything about what those person's resources are or what they're, you know, what's going on in the background of their life. But this idea that upward comparison, this is when comparison can be a positive for us, it can help us to continue to move forward in whatever craft that we want to that we want to work towards. I think that sort of there's another part of comparison called downward comparison. And this is basically comparing ourselves to those worse off than us to make ourselves feel better. I think people do this a lot and I'll be frank with you I fear being the object of this kind of comparison. Oh god, thank God I'm not Jessica. I don't have Disabled kid, a dead kid, you know, whatever it is. Like, I fear that. Um, but I've also been a person who has done that. And so I want to tell you a little story to illustrate that. Um, I, when my son Ethan was quite sick and he was in the hospital, my husband and I used to take turns staying overnight with him. Usually it was a long night, he'd be up a lot. But then it seemed like in the wee hours of the morning, he would fall asleep. And it was like kind of a time of quiet. And usually I would head down to the lobby of the hospital, go get a coffee and start the day again. And that was probably about 7.30 in the morning, 7, 7.30. And it was one morning I was sitting in the lobby of the hospital and I was kind of watching the hustle and bustle. So in a hospital at that time, like shifts are changing and people are getting, rushing in to get to their eight o'clock appointments. And there was a woman that was, you know, walking in front of me. And I don't know why I remember this so distinctly, but I do. She was pushing a a boy in a wheelchair. He had, you know, some different wires coming out of him. I think he probably had a G tube, which is being fed directly into your stomach. Looks like he had some breathing support. She had a lot of bags that she was carrying and she was pushing in front of me. And I said to myself that moment, thank God I'm not her. At least my kid talks. At least my kid feeds himself. At least, you know, he tells me he loves me. I was thinking about all the trips we'd gone on with Ethan. Like at this point, Ethan's really sick. And basically what my brain was doing is it was trying to say, at least you're not her. Like you don't have it that bad. It's not as bad as you think it is, Jessica. Like things could be so much worse. And I don't know about you, but we all can catch ourselves doing that. And so I just, I remember that experience very, very vividly. And there's a lot more that I could say about that, but suffice it to say, next time you see yourself looking at someone, thank God I don't have their marriage. Thank God my kids aren't like that. Thank God I don't live there. Thank God, whatever, fill in the blank. Just notice that about yourself. And so I want to, you know, take a little bit of a a sidestep here and talk about how we might deal with that. So another story, last week I was at the lake. Um, We go up there once in a while and we were up there for the 4th of July and I was on a long walk and I walked past the beach and the beach there obviously has a lot of sunshine, but there's this sort of back part with a bunch of shade. And so a lot of people like to hang out there too. And so I spotted this man sitting on a blanket and there was a young man in a wheelchair, I'm sorry, in a wagon. He was in a wagon and he was probably in a teenager. So that's why I think I, I saw it. I was like, oh, that's an, that that caught me off guard. But what I noticed is that this young man had Down syndrome and the, what the dad was actually doing is he was actually feeding him through his G-tube with a syringe. So a G-tube goes directly into your stomach if you can't eat by mouth. It's a way that you get your nutrition. And so the dad was essentially feeding his teenage son. In the meantime, there were, you know, young men, his, his son's age, probably playing volleyball to the left. And they were, there were people in the, in the, everyone was like having a great time. And he's here's this man sitting here and my eyes just welled up with tears because he was basically trying to do something normal, trying to do something quote unquote, like 4th of July. Um, but he was also facing this reality of his life and he'd probably love for his son to be playing volleyball over to the left or running and playing Frisbee over to the right. And he was kind of in the shadows, literally in the trees, but then also of life. And I thought it would be so easy for people to say, thank God I'm not that guy. But, because of my life experience and because of the things that I've gone through, I just had so much compassion for him. And I just started praying for him that he would feel love that day, that someone would come up to him and tell him that he was doing a great job. And so, you know, I want to say that if you experience this downward comparison and you find yourself saying, thank God I'm not them, excuse me, or at least I'm not them, maybe shift that to compare to compassion instead of comparison say a prayer for that person. I think our prayers and energy in the direction of other people is very powerful. So I just want to just give you that perspective and, and then you can go to gratitude. I'm so thankful for my healthy children. I'm so thankful for my healthy body. I'm so thankful for fill in the blank. So, you know, just something for you to think about, I guess, as you are dealing with upward and downward comparison. You know, comparison also operates alongside jealousy. And I think jealousy is like a deeper form of comparison. I think it's a more, I think it's comparison maybe on steroids, if you will, or gone, you know, gone deeper. But I think it's really important to say that jealousy is desire. When you're jealous of someone, you are desirous of something that they have. So the question is, what is that? And it's not really about them, it's about you. It's about what's underneath that. What is the thing that you desire? And then what can you do in response to that so that you're not seeping into jealousy, but you're really working on what you, what's underneath it for you? What's the work that you need to be doing? So, I'll give you an example for myself. Spring break is a good example for me. I struggle. On social media during spring break, because families are all on spring break together, they're having fun. It's spontaneous; all their kids are together, and I struggle with it because I can't easily travel with my son, Bodhi. Um, he would not do well on a day in the sun. Um, I'd have to change him. It's just—it's just not something that we would all be able to enjoy. We, we really can't go out to dinner with him. He doesn't cooperate with that. Um, so I'll never be on a spring break with all my kids because Ethan's not here and I probably won't have that traditional experience if I do maybe Bodhi won't be there. And so on those times of year I struggle. I'm jealous of people who get to go on a vacation with their family and get to have everybody there and get to enjoy and 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 see just their family having a good time. So I could, I could end at just this deep jealousy of people or I could say, what's underneath that? What's underneath that is my desire for my children to be together, my desire to make memories with my family, my desire to have fun with them. That's what's underneath that. And so instead of just seeping myself in jealousy, I have to ask myself, Jessica, what's underneath that? And then what can I do with that? So here's what I do. These are some things that have helped me is I take a break from social media. I generally, during spring break time, I've learned this, I don't go on social very much. I don't pay much attention to what other people are doing. I acknowledge how proud I am of myself and my family, how far we've come with what we have in our life. I count my blessings. I, I practice gratitude. I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful for what I know. I'm thankful for the perspective that my life has given me. Um, and I'm all, and then, you know, I, I voice it. I say to my husband, to God, these are, this is something that I really desire. This is something that I really want to do with my kids. Um, and I'm always on the lookout for somebody that's going to come into our life to help us with Bodhi so that that can be possible for us. But in the meantime, I have to do some of these other things. And the other thing is I'm always working on acceptance in my life, acceptance of what is. I think as humans, that is like one of the hardest things to do. So the point here is that if there is something that you feel deeply jealous of somebody else, Ask yourself, what's underneath that? Maybe the jealousy is that they're doing something that you really wanna be doing. So go do that thing, start to work towards that thing. Maybe it's something like I just mentioned. So whatever it is for you, just dig a little bit deeper and see where that might be leading you in a positive way of something that you can do. And so you know, my fourth point is like, what perpetuates comparison? Like what adds to it? And I think this is like a super... Easy thing. This is no brainer. Uh, social media, it's a huge problem. We're seeing snapshots of other people's lives, usually the best of themselves, and then we feel like crap about our homes, our bodies, our finances, our marriage, our families, like our careers. You name it, anything. So it's really turbocharged social comparison, which is why it's so important for us to be aware of that. I was um, doing some research for another podcast and I was looking up different generations. So I'm a Gen Xer at the tail end of being a Gen Xer. And one thing they said about my generation is that we can recall a time when there were no phones. Like we didn't have phones. We So we know that it's not really the reality, right? Being, you know, the phone is there. There's some non-reality to it, but later generations that is less. So they are, they are, it's been with them for like my kids. They've all, you know, it's been with them for their entire life. And so it's something to really important to be aware of and to find ways to have limits for ourselves. You know, there's research that shows that passively viewing others lives. So just scrolling through and passively viewing other people's lives makes us less happy. I mean, there's no surprise there, right? Like, there's no surprise that that would not bring joy to us. And so if you find yourself doing that, like, cut yourself off, be aware of of how that impacts you. And, you know, monitor who you follow. My dad always said to us when we were kids, like, garbage in, garbage out, kids. Like, basically, he was saying, you know, don't don't look at stuff you shouldn't look at and don't be part of stuff you shouldn't be part of. And I think that that applies here. You know, if stuff makes you feel like garbage, you know, that's just going to come back out of you. So don't, don't take that in. And, um, so, I think that that is a really important thing and and just to be aware of it, because it really does impact us. Now we have threads, which I actually joined this week, and then I thought to myself, do I really want to be part of another thing that's gonna take my time? And, you know, and it's people's stream of conscious, like, is that really how I want to be spending my time? So these are the these are good questions to be asking ourselves. And so, what do we do about all this? Like we're humans, Our brains automatically compare we kind of identified like the different types of comparison. But I, so I thought I'd talk a little bit about what we can do about this and what I do about it. Um, we can't say like, don't compare yourself because our brains just do it. And we live in a culture where we do it. And so, you know, if, but comparison can make us miserable. So what brings happiness? You may have heard there was an 80 year Harvard study on adult development, 80 years monitoring what makes people happy. And unsurprisingly, they found it's not money. It's not their career. It's not exercise. It's not, you know, what they have. It's not a healthy diet. It's relationships. It's positive relationships. They keep us happier and they keep us living longer. So my question to you is, what relationships are you investing in? Like, who do you want to spend time with? What relationships are bringing you joy versus making you feel like like you're comparing yourself or that you have to be competitive with them. Like who are the people that you want to spend time with? Who can you learn from? Who who do you want to cultivate a relationship with? One of those people I would, I would say is also yourself, get to know yourself. So you have that like deep peace so that you're not waving around at all these different things. But I think that um, it's a really important question to ask yourself Not just what, you know, we're all running so busy, we're so distracted, but who do you want to cultivate time with? And then do that. There was a 2015 study that showed that there's a tendency for people to engage in comparison less and less as they age, which which I totally have experienced. And I think I heard somebody say the other day, like, I'm over 50, I'm just going to say what I want. You know, I think that there's some... That's just true. I think that there's something wonderful about that. Um, but it's something that you can be aware of that you don't have to be sucked into that and you become can become more and more free as you mature. and I don't think that necessarily has to be just age related. And so the question is is like, I think that's why knowing ourselves is of utmost importance because then we're not worrying about what everyone else is doing or thinking because we know who we are on the inside. And so this, I'm, this is kind of, I'm going to wrap up here with my number one answer for letting go of comparison and it's creating a vision for your life. Who are you? What do you believe? What do you want to do? Who do you want to do it with? You know, what matters to you? what are your gifts? How can you use them? So if you're focused on these questions and you're answering them for yourself and you're creating a vision for your life, for your family, this is where we want to go. This is what we want to be doing. This is what our values are. Then you don't have time for this other crap that's going to come in and be like, oh, you should be doing this, or you should go paint your house this color, or you should have this handbag, or your kids should be on this team. Does it align with the values? Does it align with the vision that you have for your life? You know, I I follow James Clear. I don't know if you know who he is. He's uh, he wrote Atomic Habits, which is a best-selling book. But he said this: He said, if you are highly focused, you won't leave your options open or get swayed by others and what they're doing. You select your focus and ignore the rest. If you commit to nothing, then you are distracted by everything. So, just like athletes are very focused or just like people who are you know honing a craft are very focused your focus needs to be the vision that you have for your life and then everything else that comes in that doesn't align with that vision gets gets popped off to the left or the right but here's the deal if you are committed to it you're not going to be distracted because you're going to be focused on what's important to you you know Life is a super short ride and I feel like I'm becoming more and more aware. I have always been aware of this, but it's just, it's something that I've been thinking about a lot. Like it is the blink of an eye. And I think we're here. I don't know if you've heard the term, this is like earth school. It's a place for us to learn and to grow and to experience and to find out who we are and what we're here for. And so if you spend your time comparing yourself to other people you won't spend time cultivating what you're here to do. And that's the most exciting part of it because that's who we are as humans. It makes us unique. That's exciting. And so what is the vision that you have for your life? What are the goals that you have for your life, for your family, for yourself? And in and, and having this vision, having this goal, having this plan, and I'm not talking about, you know, sort of this rote personal development of you have to write down a goal every day and then you have to evaluate. It's just deep in your heart, what do you feel pulled to? What is the vision that you feel called to in your life? And one, and I think it should be a vision that's frustrating at times that kind of makes you crazy because you want to do it, but it's really hard. And it just keeps you moving forward because nobody wants to live anyone else's life. I don't think, I mean, I don't think that's why we're here to go live someone else's life. I think we're here to deeply be in the life that we have and to learn about who we're supposed to become in the process. I wanted to start this podcast for about a year or so before I did it. And I kept thinking about it and I really wanted to do it. And I had people telling me I should do it. And I finally did. And I got to about 30 episodes. And then I had to take almost a year off because my son Bodhi had a lot of needs. He was going through a lot of surgeries. I just couldn't consistently commit to guests or to even my brain of being able to think about what I was going to talk about. My husband was in a job where he was working constantly and it was just a really like frustrating season Um, and I looked at other podcasters and I felt jealous. I felt jealous that they were doing it, that they had better equipment than me, that they had, you know, these are the things that we do, but here I am and I'm at episode 50 and I started with zero downloads and now I'm, I'm inching towards 25,000 downloads and it's better than zero. And so I, if I'm continuing to move forward, I'm not really worried about what everyone else is doing. My son, Blake, is a runner and he always says, it's the reps, mom. It's just the reps. And so that's how I see this podcast. It's the reps. It's continuing to do it. It's continuing to hone my craft. It's continuing to get better. Um, and then the question that I asked myself is, how can I use my life, my story, my perspective, my experiences, my talents to to help others. And so that's the other thing that I want to keep doing that I'm continuing to be curious about, you know, like we're just a vessel. We're just here for a short time and we're just here to, to, to love ourselves and our families and about, and to love other people. And I'm a super competitive person. I'm very driven and I really have to temper that sometimes. Um, And I asked myself the question, I asked God the question, what do you want me to do in this season of my life? How will this frustration that I'm feeling, this jealousy that I'm feeling, this desire that I'm feeling, how can that become wisdom for others? You know, I just want to live the heck out of my life. I want to live a life of courage. I want to live an interesting life with around interesting people. I want to be a courageous person. And I want you to be a courageous person too. I think that there is gold in your life. And so whatever you want to do, I think you should go do it. And I think you should use other people as an inspiration. There's plenty of room for all of us. And so go after that thing. Don't waste your time with comparison. Don't waste your time with jealousy. Ask yourself, what is underneath that? What is it that I desire? And so as I sign off, I just want to encourage you to create a vision for your life for this summer. Go take some time, get out a piece of paper and a pen, you know, go back to some of the questions that I have. What, who am I? What do I want to be doing? What do I, what kind of vision do I have for my family in this next six months, in this next three months, in this next year? Um, and, And spend time doing that. Because I think that that's how we get to live full and free lives, which is the kind of life That I want to live and focus on the relationships in your life. Who are the people you want to sit on your back porch with? If you have one, I have one. And I often think, like, I love to have people over and just sit and talk to them because I get to spend time with them, I get to know them, and I get to invest in a relationship with them. Who are those people in your life? So thank you so much for listening this season. And as I sign off, I want to ask you to do me a favor. If you could help me grow this podcast, I would appreciate it so very much. So you can do that by subscribing to the podcast sharing an episode that you love with a friend, rating it or reviewing, it would be amazing. And if you have any ideas for topics or guests, I would love your feedback. You can find me at jessicalindberg.com or at JessMLindberg on Instagram, or you can also reach out to me at the heartstrong on Instagram. So I want to thank you for helping me bring this vision to life. Thank you for being part of that. I appreciate it so very much. And I will talk with you in September. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining me here on the Heart Strong Podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and share an episode that you love with a friend. Because when you do, you help us grow our mission of encouraging people to grow through the challenges of their lives and to live their full potential. We'll see you next time.